It's been about four and a half years. Wow, four and a half years. And uh, um, I'm going to let you take the wheel on this, and you can start talking about your testimony and how did it happen, you know, where were you at, and, and uh, how did it happen? Okay, I'll, I'll jump right in. It's been about four and a half years since my encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. where at the time I was convinced that I died and I, that I was reborn. Mm-hmm. I got to hear the voice of God speak to me. Mm-hmm. And during this period of time, I also experienced what I would call enlightenment. Okay. Where my third eye was opened. Okay. And this enlightenment period lasted for two years. Okay. And I could see and perceive wonderful things during those two years. Okay. Well, let's step back just a little bit, Travis. Tell me, how did it well, happen? I mean, what were you doing? And, and you know, how did this take place? Okay. Um, it was mid-October. Mm-hmm. I was at a new kind of low. I was back and forth between jobs because of my drug use. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I financially were in a bad place because of my drug use. Okay. I was waking up to use drugs and then turning around and using drugs to go to sleep, which is a very dangerous combination. It's extremely hard on your heart from what I understand. Okay. And something incredible happened one day. I'm sitting in the garage on cloud nine and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about God and I'm thinking about Jesus and I'm thinking about religion. And all of a sudden it's like my thought became its own answer. Like the portion of my brain that was occupied with this one particular question gave way and converted itself into the answer. Uh And I was 100% certain of the answer. Uh The question was, who is Jesus? And the answer was, a prophet, son of the living God. Uh And the next question I asked myself was, who is God? God is all things good. And the next question, what is a prophet? And the answer, a prophet is someone sent in the name of God to deliver some form of good or a gift. Okay. From the Father. Okay. The next question I asked myself was, how many prophets have there been? And the answer was many. So from there, I was able to make a few more deductions, and I figured this out, that God equals all things good, and that the devil equals all things evil. Right. If you add an O to the word God, you get the word good. And if you add a D to the word evil, you get the word devil. Mm-hmm. So God is good and devil is evil. Okay. Well, and G- and Jesus is just a prophet. There's been tons of them apparently. And this is where I was at in my mind the next few days. Uh-huh. And I wasn't asking any more questions. I was repeating what I had already known to be true. <clears throat> that Jesus and religion and God could all be boiled down to a meaning of energies. That good energies are simply the plus symbol, which equals God. And bad energies are simply negative symbol, which equals the devil. Okay. And I and I deduced that the word devil came from the need to give name to something unseeable to the man in early times. Mm-hmm. I deduced that the name God came under the same circumstances. Man's need to give name to what he couldn't see. Mm-hmm. The energies. Okay. The, the but, plus symbol and the negative symbol. 
Okay. And I finally came around to the question, what's up with religion? And the answer was this. Religion is man's division of the fullness of God. Have you ever wondered what happens to people in other religions when they pass on? Do you suppose they go to hell for not having followed Jesus? Um, Travis, let's go back a little bit. Did you ask these questions to, you know, the Savior? Did you ask these questions? I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of how you had the, the you know, out of body experience. This is, this is all. This is all leading up to it. So, oh, okay. so two weeks, two weeks prior, you were pondering over this. Yeah, I, I, okay. it was like enlightenment was placed on me two weeks prior to meeting Jesus. Okay. And so let me let me get down to it. Um, so that was three days in a row. And all those statements I made against all those statements I made against Jesus. I didn't know it at the time, but I do now that I kicked Jesus out of my heart. I literally kicked him out of my heart, out of my body, which is how he operates. He operates through our flesh. Mm hmm. So he now is no longer inside my body to protect my body. He no longer had the rights to the deed. Mm -hmm. Through my denunciations, I placed myself in an open and very vulnerable place, susceptible to horrendous things. Okay. My mom was over at the time, and she left and gone back home. Mm -hmm. And I had said some things to her, which I had regretted. Things okay. in regard to Jesus. Okay. And I knew what I said it hurt her feelings, but the truth hurts. That's what I was thinking to myself. Mm -hmm. Oh. But anyways, so much to my surprise, that night, that third night, I realized that my wife and I were not alone in our bedroom. There was this shadow of black mass moving from one place of darkness to the next. Back and forth. And so coming to a stop in the top corner of our bedroom, just above the top of the window. Mm -hmm. And there it slowly began to reveal itself. It's like it dug its claws into the wall behind itself and pressed its body forward, contorting itself. Mm -hmm. And I could see its teeth through its cracked and content smile. Sharp, razor, dagger, knife-like teeth. It sounds like perfectly a, white. It sounds like darkness. It wasn't good. It was phasing in and out, going from complete transparency into dark mode, which allowed me to see the exterior limits of its body. Mm -hmm. And once in dark mode, where I could see it, it would crack a smile, showing all of its teeth and its eyes would light up as if a flame is burning on the inside. And it went back and forth like this for the entire first night, where I clearly did not get much sleep. Um, Travis, we didn't sleep. Yes, um, so this happened, you know, the first night, or the you know the night this this was happening. How long did it happen? Was it just like two hours, three hours? It, was, it happened the entire night. The entire night, so the full eight hours. Full eight hours throughout the night. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It was weird because 
what really scared me was that it acted with a lot of patience. It gave me this look like, Travis, I'm not worried that you see me because it's only a matter of time before you're mine. And so every often I would gaze off in the direction of where my children laid in bed, and I knew he was looking at them as well. And this brought me much fear. This, occur this occurred similarly every night over the course of two-week period. And with every day came more and more of these demons. Because what I was doing in the garage all day wasn't right. Uh -huh. I was sinning, and I was doing so unprotected. What happens when we sin? We literally create black energy or negative energy. Trevor, demons, uh, Trevor, we all know this. Trevor, we know this. It's not like you're reading something here. Um, I really want to get down to the bottom of the old the outer body experience, like what really took place. Um, so the first, okay. so the first experience was a shadow. I mean, that doesn't sound like something the savior would do. You're like a dark shadow. That sounds like something from the adversary, you know, <clears throat> the dark side. Is that what you experienced there first? Yeah. I feel like it's important to, to, give this part of my testimony leading up to meeting Jesus though. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost there. <laughs> okay. You're almost there. Okay. Uh, no offense, but it, you know, a lot of people, you know, on near death experience and understand, you know, a lot about the savior and they, you know, there's a lot of people out there who know, but to me, it sounds like you, you're experiencing something with the dark side. And not really absolutely the savior. I experienced I experienced I experienced both. Okay. So what you're experiencing here is the dark side before you get to the good stuff. I mean well not the yes, good stuff. So Yes ma'am. So and he was looking at your children. How did you feel about that? It was terrifying. It was mortifying. I, I knew that he he wanted them as much as he wanted me. And did you do something to stop it? Did you stand up no, and get I out of here? Was, no, I was trapped in fear. I was locked in fear. I couldn't move an inch. I was so scared. What about <clears> you? That happened, what about that happened your wife? for two weeks straight. What about your wife? My, my wife couldn't see what I could see. Oh, so she didn't see anything but you. You're the one who saw it first. I'm the one who saw it. She, she was not able to see with her eyes. Nor do I recall telling her that I was seeing these things. <laughs> Eventually, I, I told her, uh -huh. um, which was confusing to her, obviously, because she couldn't see what I could see. Uh -huh. Interesting. But, so for every night, this occurs for two weeks straight. And every night, the amount of demons are increased that I could see. Starting the first night with one and coming to an end with more than I could I could place a number on. Uh -huh. Wow! And that first demon was especially was was a special demon, I should say. Special not because of anything good, just special meaning different than the rest. Uh -huh. It had age to it. It had a familiarity with me that I could tell stretched way back. Wow. And it must, have, it must have been the second or third night of the week before it clicked mm -hmm. that I know this particular one. 
And I remember being a young child in my bedroom, afraid of the dark because of this very same creature. The Uh same smile, the same white teeth, the same red eyes. The childhood memories were back, and I knew certainly it was the same one. My parents bought their first home for my grandparents, so I was raised in the same house my mother and her two sisters were raised in. Uh And my mother's younger sister swears to this day that she also experienced the same creature inside the house as a child. And I believe that we even had the same bedroom growing up. Wow. Wow. So in regards to that demon, I'm not sure where it originated from, but it would appear that it is either A, plagued my family for generations, or B, went from my aunt to me at some point during my childhood and stayed with me all those years. Wow. And I was having the most vivid nightmares where I was able to fall asleep, and if I wasn't having a nightmare then I was laying looking at the demons in fear I logged a couple of my nightmares down in a journal they're pretty scary okay so you kept a journal on all these on these activities correct yeah to this point I started journaling what I was experiencing okay and then what then what happens began the demons began touching me Ooh. Touching me in ways that I could feel physically. They started jerking me out of my sleep. And on a couple of occasions, I would call my legs and body catapulting up in the air above the bed. Like as if my body was bounced on a trampoline and hurled upward. That's what it felt like. Oh my gosh. My arms would jerk for no reason, like someone pulling on my arm, but no one's there. Uh I wet the bed almost every night for two weeks straight. That's how that's how scared and terrified I was. I was so scared I couldn't think straight enough to give name to what I was seeing, the demon. And I never associated what I was seeing as being a demonic presence. I just knew that what I was was in fear. And I kept busy trying to convince myself during daylight hours I wasn't seeing anything in the night. So I was working against myself in every way. When I was experiencing, I knew it was real, but when the sunlight would break and those things would run out of darkness to hide in, and they would transitionally vanish as slow as the sunlight drew itself in my bedroom, I would begin to question myself and my sanity. And after two weeks of this, my spirit was well broken. Uh And on the final night, I laid in bed underneath a blanket of demons. A whirlpool or a vortex was open above me. And hand in tooth, these creatures were crawling inside the vortex, over each other, and through each other, consuming one another and eating each other at a chance to get closer to the front of the line, which is where I was. And they were exiting the portal, entering my house by the dozens. They began to fill the space in my attic, and they hung from every inch in my property inside and out. Uh To say I was scared to death would be the most accurate account I could give. Uh And unofficially, with no verification from a doctor, I believe I was scared to death. Uh I think it's quite possible, in fact, that I either had an aneurysm or a heart attack. But from what we discussed earlier, uh, OBD, Uh OBE, out-of-body experience. Yeah, out-of-body experience. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Anyways, that's what it felt like, anyhow. Mm-hmm. And I remember lying there thinking for the first time ever, this is how I die. Mm-hmm. And I was certain I was at death's door. I was certain the next breath I took would be the last I was given. Mm-hmm. So out of sheer desperation to not have my corpse discovered by my wife the next morning in bed next to her, I rolled over and out of bed and onto my hands and knees where I was barely able to crawl to the foot of the bed where I collapsed onto the ground. Wow. I thought to myself, just not in bed next to her, anywhere but next to her in bed where she will always be reminded. Mm-hmm. And I lifted my head just high enough to see forward and upwards. And right then, Time stood still. It stood completely still. And in front of me, the bedroom door and the walls vanished. And I was now looking through the wall. Like the wall was completely gone from my view. Not like it went into a ghost-like state. It straight disappeared. And I could see my three children sleeping in their beds. And each of my children's rooms were littered with demons. They were all over the ceilings and the walls, bursting out of the closet. Yet everything was on pause. Hmm. I was able to get a good look at that final moment. And I could see the flow in the direction of the demons that they were traveling. And I could tell that their targets were my children. Can I ask you a question? What did the demons look like to you? They're black masses shadowy creatures mm-hmm. with jagged edges and fangs and teeth and claws and mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i would just say black mass okay black figures that, that shift in the in the contrast of the darkness were some big and small skinny with many different sizes yeah, they were uh, they were all about the same size, except for that one that was familiar to me. He was the biggest of them all. Mm-hmm. But the, the rest of them were, were what I would consider somewhat smaller. Not small, but smaller than him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the majority of them were targeting me, but there were a substantial amount that were now targeting my children. And that introduced me to a whole new kind of fear. Mm-hmm. I switched inside and went from self-concerned to concerned about my children and my children alone. <clears throat> you see, up until this point, the demons were only after me for what I could tell. Mm-hmm. But now that was shifting. Wow. Interesting. Excuse me. Okay. So, um... The children were now going to become the food source. And I realized that when time was standing still. Mm-hmm. And I was not okay with that fact that I had created and invited all these demons into my house and was now going to be leaving them behind for my children. Mm-hmm. And then realizing that, my heart cried out loud these words. Lord, my God, if only you would grant me the privilege of knowing now that my children will never find themselves on hands and knees as I am here before you now, then I would give all of myself to you. 
You said all that. that was my, one, that's a, that's a big sentence. So you said all that in one big sentence. That was that was the cry of my heart. I wanted to know that my children would never find themselves in front of demons like I was. Mm -hmm. That was the final cry of my heart. And uh, as soon as I left, as soon as I spoke those words without speaking words, mm -hmm. Jesus appeared. Wow. He appeared just behind me, slightly off to the side with his hand placed on my shoulder. And he said these words to me. He said, fear not, my son, and rise, for I am with you now as I've always been and always will be. Mm -hmm. And much to my delight, I then witnessed the absolute retreat of all the demons. Like a UFO going from point A to point B in a split second. That's how fast they retreated. They didn't vanish or disappear. They retreated. And with them went all my fear. I couldn't even remember the word fear or what it even felt like. I couldn't recall a single unfortunate event in my life. And every single bad thought or bad act I'd ever committed, it was like it was washed away from my memory. And I looked, and I see now that I'm surrounded in this beautiful, warm light. How and I realize that the light is what's causing me to feel so pleasurable now. How did you know it was warm? I could feel the warmth, okay. like the warmth of a light bulb, if you put your hand outside of a light bulb. Okay. You felt it all it over your just, body. Yeah, it was warm and comforting, mm -hmm. like warm water running all over you just very comfortable so slowly I turn towards my left and my eyes go from the floor where I can see the man's feet and sandals mm -hmm. his toes just sticking out past the the cloak that he's wearing which is white mm -hmm. and I continue upwards until my eyes meet his eyes and right then and there I'm home mm -hmm. and all my desire to stay on earth left me and I was now absolutely ready to go with this man wherever he was going. Did he say anything to you? The only words he spoke were, fear not and rise, for I am with you now as I've always been and always will be. He spoke those words to me three times. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> and did you see any markings on his hands? Wrists? I didn't, see, I didn't see his hands, per se. Mm-hmm. I saw his hands, but I didn't see the, the flat side of his hands, so I couldn't tell you if they were punctured or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does he look like to you, the Savior? He looks like the image that we have of him. There's many images. What does he look he like to like you? He looks like the common, the common Caucasian uh, brown hair, brown beard, bluish-green eyes. Mm -hmm. Just handsome. Absolutely handsome man mm -hmm. would you say he's about six one six two yeah. i would say he's about six foot yeah maybe six one six two okay is he slender or just... he's uh i would say average build okay yeah he's he's an average built man okay and uh how long did he spend time with him that night uh about five minutes Oh, that's, that's a long time. Yeah, that night about five minutes. Because I didn't, I didn't yet have the strength to stand up. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I mean, it was just, 
it was so amazing being next to him. I, I didn't, I, I couldn't even think to stand. Mm-hmm. Were you sitting down or laying down? I was on my hands and knees. Oh, your hands and knees. And, um, yeah. um, and it was in your bedroom. Yep. Okay. At the foot of my, at the foot of my bed. Mm-hmm. And you were with him for five minutes. So anything else happened? Yeah, he uh, he told me to fear not my son and rise, for I'm with you now as I've always been and always will be. Okay. And that's when I felt the strength of my body increase, and I was able to stand finally. And this was the second time that he told it to me, mm-hmm. or the third time. Okay. And so I'm facing him, and I'm 5'7", so like I said, I guess he would be about 6'2", mm-hmm. six, six foot 6'2", six no taller than that. Okay. Brown hair, bluish green eyes, very handsome man. Um, Jesus consumed me inside a light, which is projecting from the innermost center point of his being, outwards like a light bulb almost. Mm-hmm. And there we stood together for a few minutes, just standing in peace until he took a single step backwards. And at the notion of him leaving, I began to weep uncontrollably, begging him to stay or to take me with him. And it was in this moment I realized there was two angels in the room with us, one on each side of me. Mm -hmm. But they were not as visible as Jesus was, not yet. Jesus appeared in the flesh, but of the light form. Mm -hmm. I could see his skin, but it was light. And these angels were also of a light form, but with no facial features or humanoid bodily shape. They were angelic beings with white wings and no faces. And with every step Jesus took away from me, I was beginning to be reintroduced to things like pain and misery and sorrow and fear. Slowly, but as steadily as he stepped away, my ability to view him, that's how quickly these things are given back to me. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. Okay. I have a question to ask you. Now, you talked earlier about Judgment Day. Did he show you anything? You know, showed any visions or anything? Yeah, he took me to, uh, he took me to a place of judgment, and I, I stood trial on my judgment. So, you want me to get into that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything. Just tells everything. But the judgment day, um, so he took, did take you someplace. So judgment, mine occurred in the following manner. Mm-hmm. I found myself alone, able to see my own body, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I had a sense of endlessness in all directions, yet no ability to see the foreground. One could walk for hours in any direction and still be in the absolute center of this place. And little by little, my loneliness grew into sadness, and my sadness gave birth to fear. Fear of abandonment and fear of non-reconciliation. In other words, I was not content where I found myself. And it was in my fear that I came to the conclusion that I surely had done something wrong. And after a considerable amount of time, Jesus appeared. He appeared with his back to me, and though I cried out to him, he would not turn and look at me, nor would he acknowledge my presence at all. Instead, with his back to me and his arms raised up high above his head, 
while he was looking directly up into the blackness, which I perceived, but I knew he was looking at our God. Uh It was then I realized I was in a place outside of God, outside of God's existence, but not outside of his authority. And I fell into a state of helplessness, and without words, my heart cried out to the Lord. And I realized I was in the place of judgment. Uh, Jason, and the- Jason, to me, to me this, you know, that's wonderful. You're going through that, but it sounds like we're going to be judging ourselves. Is that how and you that- felt? That you were standing. It was absolutely when it was all said and done. I realized that we are the judge. Yeah, that we're going to be judging ourselves for what we done here on earth, or good between good and bad. You know, is what we. Yeah, yeah. I always wondered about that. I thought, you know, what is Judgment Day? You know, and it's it's our us. You know, we're going to be yeah. judging ourselves. We're going to stand before our Maker and and. Uh, you know, like we'll see our own video, like our eyes or something. We're videotaping everything that goes on. It's, it's interesting yeah, when you talk about I didn't judgment get the impression, day. I didn't get the impression that, that God was judging me. I got the impression that that I was being judged by my jury of peers and that I was judging myself. Right. You were judging yourself. So how do you feel when you were judging yourself? I mean... Was it frightening? It sounded like it was frightening. I mean, it was very frightening. So I'll just get back into it. My entire life flashed before my eyes in a single moment. I relived every moment of my life from the first breath to my last breath. Well, how old and are you? Includes, how old are you? Those... I was 32. Oh, you're so young. You haven't done much. Yeah. <laughs> I was 32. You're, you haven't done much. <laughs> Travis, you haven't done much. So, in a single moment, I relived every moment of my life from my first breath to my last breath. And this includes all of the thoughts and feelings and emotions that were had throughout those years. Wow. So thoughts and yeah. emotions. Yes. So it was like reliving your entire life over feeling for feeling, thought for thought, but in a split second. Mm-hmm. Wow. Unbelievable. So, so how do you feel about that? How do you feel about this judge that you went through with, you know, judging yourself? Well, it messed me up, to be honest with you. I suffer from PTSD from it. Wow. To be quite honest with you, it, uh, it scarred me. Yeah, but how can it, I mean, wouldn't it be like a relief to get that out of the way? Did he forgive you of those, you know, your things that you saw? Did he forgive you? I received forgiveness in the end. Um, but it, it took a process. It was a process that had to occur for me to receive forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that process included, you know, my body burning. So I stood there burning for what felt like eternity in front of a jury of my peers. And uh, it was only through the sacrifice of me burning that I was able to earn forgiveness for the deeds that I had done. Wow. So, um, but did he hug you? Did he do anything? Did he look you square in the eye? No, Jesus never looked at me in this place. 
his eyes never fell upon me in this place. And I don't know why that is. It was really bothersome for me to go from, you know, having just been laying eyes on him to now I'm in this place of judgment and he's got his back to me and he's not giving me any attention. So I didn't, I didn't particularly like that part of it. Yeah. But I think that, I think that his body had to be there with mine to save my body or to save my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he was there as a representative for God. It was like he was the eyes for God there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And wow. Okay. And then, um, so tell me, how did it end? How did, you know, what happened after you saw your life flash before you? Well, <clears throat> Before me stood a jury of my peers, which included all my family and friends. Okay. And they were on the bottom level tier. And then above them stood all of their friends and their family members. And above them stood all of their friends and family members and so on and so forth until the full number of humans was reached in this place. So I'm on the ground in the middle and then in front of me in like a U shape is like my best friends and my family. Mm -hmm. And they're one step up. Uh, above where I'm at. So I'm at the bottom surface. They're one step up on the next surface up. And then the next surface up is their friends and family and so on and so forth. Um, Reaching all the way to the very top of this place, which is an endless place, and reaching the full number of people that I would say are affected by the deeds of of your life. Mm -hmm. So, and that included every every living soul, as best as I could tell. This this is from what I have, you know, talked and interviewed people on, you know, OBEs to near-death experience when they have their life before them, flash and all this other stuff. That And then the ones that really <laughs> had a really tough time with, you know, experience something like you did, like Judgment Day. They said that, like, for example, if I hurt your brother... Not only have I hurt your brother, I hurt everybody around that person that cares for that person. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So think of it like this. I cut off I cut off a guy driving in the morning. He's heading to his job. And I rub him the wrong way. So he goes throughout the remainder of his day treating people poorly. And then he gets home and he spanks his son because he overreacts uh, for something that his son does. Really, he's just so mad about getting cut off in the morning. So it could be even something as little or silly as something like that, that you didn't mean to upset somebody, but you did, and you caused the chain reaction. So it could. There's so many ways that it that it plays out that we affect one another. Yeah, interesting. And then we're to judge on that. How cruel. But how would you? What it would be your. Um, experience so well you're kind of young yet though but what would you say to somebody to how to overcome that you know to have so you're not out there hurting somebody but what would you do to overcome you know that's a good question i'm not sure okay we we i'll bring you back on the show another time we get in more detail because your experience that you went through you know i talked to you earlier is was a lot you went through, you know, you had everything. You went from the demons, which I understand because they probably knew 
the Savior's coming for you. You know what I mean? He's going to come. But they right. knew. So they wanted to make your life miserable. <laughs> they, wanted, they did. They, wanted, they tormented me. They tor yeah, they tormented you. And um, and then the Savior came. But I know, this is what I've heard of. There's a couple of people that have been on my show that experienced with the dark side. The devil, the adversary, whatever you want to call him. You know, and the number one thing that they can't, they say is they can't stand hearing the name, the Savior, or Jesus Christ. They really can't stand that. So you probably called out. Did you call out for the Savior when you're going through the I demons? I did in my heart. But did you verbally say it out loud? I, I didn't even have to. As soon as Jesus appeared, they were gone. They, yeah. they vanished the second he appeared. They split. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that too. Yeah, I heard. And like they couldn't, they could not physically be in his presence. It was, it was like mixing water with oil. Like it just couldn't be. Like they had to go. Wow. And uh, this, this is fascinating. I, I should have you meet some of my friends. I mean, my other guests or friends, but other guests who came on my show and had experience with the the dark side and how they overcame it. They had their life flash before them, and they had, yeah, yeah, they were. I would, I would they, like that. But um, what you went through is extraordinary. Um, it had to do with you, and maybe it was, you know. Um, I've heard stories where, you know, we're here for a reason and then we go home and, but the point is, is the savior knows you before you know yourself when you came down here. So, um, I don't want to start preaching here, but you know, you must've been a very important spirit and to have something like this happen. So, um, I think it's not over yet. I think you're going to have some more fascinating experiences because i've heard it from those who've been on my show say oh yeah it doesn't end you know you'll still get more experiences it'll come when you least expect it but you'll get some yeah more I, I definitely am still experiencing what i would call the other side yeah here and there yeah but be careful the dark side because the dark side will not let you go and oh you should you should see my bedroom i have a i have a picture of jesus hanging up right in front of my bed <laughs> Yeah, well, that's okay. But, um, yeah, <laughs> you're so funny. But you're so young. You're so young. I just wanted to say your story is extraordinary. And you're on YouTube. For those who are listening, um, for jumping on board or anything, he's on YouTube. It's under Travis. It's T R A V I S um, Behrman. And, but I will have a link to that on the show. <laughs> on the profile, on his profile. And, uh, you can go to just listen to his testimony. It's, you can, it's touching. It's, you can tell he's talking from his heart. And, uh, I find it quite interesting and, and moving, you know, very move, very movement. Thank you very much. I, I'd like to leave my email address with your listeners, if that's okay. Yes, but you can give it to me. And I'll make sure you get it. It'll be on the profile. How's that sound? Okay. Perfect. So, so they can um, um, write to you and and have any experiences. I would love I would love for for people with similar experiences to reach out. That would be incredible. And yeah, don't be afraid to touch in your community 
the near-death experience in your community? Do they have near-death experience and OBE? Out-of-body experience. That's OBE. OBEs. Yeah, oh, just OBE. Just OBE. Or just look for near-death experiences. Okay. And they're, it's we'll like do. a community. And from what I find out, it helps them relief of what they went through. Because it's a trauma. I'm sorry to say that this is a trauma that you went through. And um, it's kind of like, wait a minute, this really happened? I mean, I had people on my show who um, just barely had experience, like three weeks to a month. And I'm like, whoa, it is so fresh. And then I have people come on my show. I had one gentleman. He had his experience in 1972, I think. And, uh, mm. and he said it, he still remember it like it yesterday. So this will always stay with you. Um, write things down so you don't forget, but yet it'll always be with you. And um, yeah, get involved with your near-death experience so you don't feel like you're losing your mind. Like, did this yeah, really happen? Did this really happen to me? So, you know, so you can feel, okay, I have something to talk to. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm honored that you watched my shows, and I'm very thankful that you came on my shows. No, thank you very much for what you're doing. It's just incredible. I mean, going from feeling like I have nobody I can talk to about this to feeling like now there's a community of people that I didn't know existed. Uh, it, it feels really good well, to uh, to have to have that available. So I thank you for what you're doing, Kathy. Okay, and be very careful because there's some people out there that dramatize their experience. It may be just a little pee, and they make it into a, a eggshell. <laughs> yeah. They make it bigger than what it really happened. And uh, this is from my experience because I get a lot of people who want to come on my show, but I have to interview them and you know make sure it's you know it's not just something very very small, but something very very big. So. Yeah. I mean, not big, but, you know, really did happen. So, yeah. But yours, I can tell. I can tell by your emotions and talking about it on your YouTube. So, but for those who are well, listening, you. you know, there will be a link that you can go to. He just barely put that up, you know, what, a couple months ago. And uh, right. um, he's just trying to release the stress. It's part of the. Um, the experience and it makes you a better person too and i'm glad i i mean i'm glad that you got to see this, you know the savior i'm glad you had this even with the bad it, you know you can take the bad and punch him in the nose and say yeah you're gonna make me stronger <laughs> 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 you know <laughs> and don't 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 think that they can you know don't be afraid of them because you have a body they don't so yeah you have something more than they have but we can talk about that another time but I I'd love do want to thank you so much for coming on my show. It's really fun. Um, well, I don't mean to say fun, but more educational. I had a, I had a good time. It was fun. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as you had fun. But that's what talk, talk, radio, podcast is all about. So you have a nice evening, and I will catch up with you soon, and I'll give you a call you know, in a day or two. How's that sound? That sounds great. Okay. Thank you so much, Travis, and have a nice evening. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for those listening in to the Phenomena NDE.
you have have more information on him on the profile in about tomorrow morning. So thank you so much.